Why don't you turn on the light so you can have more light? Okay, here we go. I think we're all holding Baha Inyan, right? Is that correct? Yes. Terrific. All right, here we go. Baha Inyan. Here we go. So let's understand. Now we're going to get into, uh, now we're going to really get into it. Okay, so he says like this Baha Inyan Dehine. Gilu Bechines Hamaychin Bezo. Ze Inyan Bechines Pnimiezo. Okay, anything new? Nothing new. Okay. Okay, that's fine. So over there, what it's talking about is, if you look up in the book Yechezkel, uh, Hashem is telling Yechezkel to go and to uh, tell the Jews that they have to uh, stop rebelling, and uh, it's going to be a tough job for him, etc. And then, uh, Hashem, I guess, he, he shows him or he sees a uh, a book, um, I guess a Megillah, that's spread out in front of him. And over there, he sees the writing is written, in, it's inscribed in the inside and the outside. Okay. So he says that this is referring to Torah V'tfila. Why is Torah called Panim? Why is Torah called Panim? Yochanan? What? What does that mean, Josh? Comes out, right? Because Torah is coming from Hashem's Chachma, right? So that's that idea. Fekis. No, someone said it on your table. What did they say? Comes out. Comes out. Yeah, yeah. Comes out from Chachma. The Chachma's Adam Ta'ir Panav. The Chachma of Adam shines in his face. Uba'or Panecha Nasata Lanu Taras Chaim. Right, these are different psukim, right, that are talking about the idea of Panim and Chachma and Taira and the idea of a face. Right, like they say about a face, a person can see if a person has everything revealed on his face. Just that no one could, very few people could read another person's face. If you're a tzaddik, right, then you could see everything, everything that a person did. There are chassidim that didn't want to like, didn't want to be standing in front of the rabbi, because so the rabbi can see all the things that he did, all the things that he thought, all the things that he said in his lifetime. So it's embarrassing. Not everyone's a tzaddik. Not everyone's perfect. It's an embarrassing thing. So then he says, "V'chein hu b'chol partzuf." That's why he is b'chol partzuf. He ne hagimel rishaynim shabo heim b'chinas pnimi yeshalom. All right. So what does that mean? V'chein hu b'chol partzuf. First of all, what does it mean b'chol partzuf? Zechariah. In every face. What does that mean? Partzuf. Curtain. What does it mean? Partzuf. Teva. What does it mean, partzuf, Alex? No one's ever heard the phrase partzuf in the Kabbalah? Come on. Like in clothing of the spheres? Right. The idea is that we talk about the spheres, the way they come together. What would be the partzufim of Atzilus? Give you the names. We talked about it yesterday. What is it called? 
Abba, Ema, Za, and Malchus, right? That's called, each one is called the parts of. Now, why, what? What was the last one? Malchus? Malchus, or Nukva. Sometimes it's called Nukva, sometimes it's called Malchus. And the idea is that each parts of, right, is comprised of how many things? Four. You could either say four, you could say ten, right? Same idea. You say four, so then each one has Abba da Abba, Ema da Abba, Za da Abba. If you say ten, you say Chachma da Abba, Bina da Abba, right, etc., etc. So what does it mean, Gimel Rishainim? What's Gimel Rishainim? So each partsuf, right, has a chacham binadas. Now I told you this uh, last week, right? We divided it into three. Also, what would be the three? What would be the three? We divided things into three. No one remembers from last week. Did anyone take notes? Now what are the three? What? Chabad is one. What's the next one? Chagas is the second one. And what's the third one? Nahi. Nahi, right? We said we could divide it into three. We said that one is above you, one is you, and one is giving you out, right? Like the idea of a student. Student is learning, right, from his teacher. Well, he's learning is in the Chagas. When he's learning it himself, that's, I mean, I'm sorry, when he's learning from his teacher is the Chabad. When he's learning himself is the Chagas. When he's teaching it over to someone else, that's the Nahi, right? That's like the outside of you. It's going out of you. Right, so each part of you can look at it as, as being a made up of three also, right? Obviously, you have malchus in there somewhere, either you include it in the nahi or you, or you say it's a different thing, whatever. But that's an idea of also roish, taich, and saif. Roish would be the chagas, taich is the you, the, right? That's the chagas, and saif is the right nahi, the legs which are sort of outside of your torso. Yeah, so he says like this. Okay, so what does that mean? That it's a pnimiyah shelo. Well, we've been talking about pnimiyahs for the past two days, right? The whole idea that that is the inner energy, that is the makor, that is the inner energy that's coming through. What is he saying here? Uh, what does it mean? Understand, right to reaching out to understand an intellectual idea, right? Because the meichin is the part of you that really gets the elokus, right? That's the point. So that's what's supposed to then, when the person is spending his time being musag, the elokus. So then that should affect his whole conduct, his whole being, what he thinks about, what he feels, what he does, every, everything about him, right? So we're now going into. Uh, the idea of what we're going to be discussing throughout the basically the rest of the Bimer is the idea of his bonus, right? Because his bonus, we, we've just got through saying how the how the Chabad, right, has to act as the panemius of the Midos, right? And when it acts as the panemius of the Midos, it drives the Midos in a certain direction one way or the other, right? That's the objective here. So you have to have what's in your brain, right, to be driving the meters. So what is it in your brain? The idea that what you're supposed to have in your brain is the thinking about Hashem, right? And these th- thoughts about Hashem, right, cause a person to have a very different point of view of what he is walking around in this world with. And the more he is being misbeinen, so then the more it's going to drive him in a certain direction, right? That's what's supposed to happen. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. What? So it says... Um 
call parts of Hina Gimur seeming to imply that by Chagas, the Pneum is in it, is the uh, Chagas. Is the, no, that's not what saying, it says. So when it says the Gimur Rishonis, it's not talking about the three at the head of those three that you mentioned, it's the top three, just Chabad. So each, like I said before, right, each part of also has a Chagas, I mean a Chabad Chagas Nahi also. Okay. Right? So, like right. we were saying before, right? So, like when you say that the Ema, right, that the Teferis, the Ema, is becoming the Moichin de Zal, right? So, Zal has Moichin too, right? That's the Pneumius of those emotions. So, in a sense, you could have Chabad being the Pneumius of something, even if it's not the ultimate Chabad we're talking about. It could be the Chabad of that level, you're saying? Right. But the objective is, is that where is that Chabad getting its information the from? The ultimate Chabad, you're saying? Right. That's where it comes from originally. Okay, Kilifa'amim, It's because the Chabad of the other levels doesn't really have this level of Musag Mahus Elokos. Well, it's in ja- it, you know, your brain, your brain is what is, is thinking right. about it, not your toes. Right, even though right. your toes have a level of the Chabad in the. Right, so to speak, yeah. Kilifa'amim, okay. Ksiv, because sometimes it's written, Acharei Havaya Elokechem Telechu. Okay, so after Hashem, your God, you will walk. So what is it? What what is the what is the focus on this sentence? Mm. The focus on the sentence is what is achare, right? So what we're going to see here is that there's a concept called pnimius, and there's a concept called chitzonius, right? In everything, right? That's what we're trying to bring out. Now, what we're going to see with regards to meditations on Hashem, you also have a, a pnimius and you have a chitzonius. The, the trade-off that we're going to see throughout Hasidus, throughout this Hemshech, is going to be the more panemius it is, the more true it is, the more difficult it is going to be. The more chitzonius, and I don't mean chitzonius like the, in the way we talk about chitzonius. We're talking about a chitzoniastic, a, a meditation that is focused on more of a chitzoniastic idea, for example. So the more not true in a certain sense, it's going to be. But the easier it's going to be to impact me. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. The ultimate emis is what? Eino milvado. There's nothing else here except for God. That's the ultimate emis. Now, I can sit all day and I can meditate on Eino milvado. Right? But... As soon as someone steps on my toe, I'm going to start yelling at him for why did you step on my toe? Because that's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a tzaddik. I'm a human being. And it's very hard for me to really experience life as really not existing. It's very hard. Is it true that there's Enon Milvado? Yes, 100% true. Is it the truest truth? Yes, 100%. It's the truest truth, without a question. But can you really say that you can get to a point that you really don't exist? Mamish, kipshuto, that you have no experience of existing? Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Right? For a tzaddik, it's, it's, it's something that's not so easy. For us, it's like impossible. So, the Rebbeim set forth for us in various maimarim, <coughs> meditations that we are supposed to use to by memorizing the meditation, by memorizing the mimer, we use that mimer 
as a meditation because if he would just say, okay, think about God. So we're going to be like all over the place, right? But instead, what the Rebbe will do, and various Maimarim talk about different uh, ways of being misbeinen, it sets out for us, this is what you should be misbeinen in. Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, think like this, like that. Now, what's a chitzoniistic meditation? A chitzoniistic meditation is going to be something that is much more close to home for us. Right? And therefore, it has more of a chance that's going to impact our lives. For example, a meditation, right? From the meditation, uh, some of you guys have learned the Mimer from Shuvah Yisrael in Ranat, right? For example. So, what does it mean? I'm placing in front of you good and bad. Right, basically, good in life, bad in evil. Choose life. That's the that's the name, quote unquote, of that meditation. And it talks about how Hashem is constantly giving energy into everything that we see, and He, you know, continually, you know, provides it. It's it's highest. It gives it its being. And if, if you know, the more the thing is bottled to it, the more it's going to get its highest. And that when I then approach these physical things, if I could only like look at it and recognize that it's Hashem that's giving it its existence, so then that will you know cause me to go after the godliness of it as opposed to the taiva in it, like that type of meditation. Now, is that true? Hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. Is it a high level? Yeah, sure, it's a high level. But is it the ultimate emis? No, for sure not. Why? But why? Why isn't it? Why? Because you have something else that you're talking about. Because it's focused on that I exist. It's I'm here. It's about me. What's good for me? It's good for me to go after God. It's good for me, right? So is that not true? No, for sure it's true. Hundred percent true. Is it as true as Enol Milvado? Hundred percent. It's not as true as Enol Milvado. But it's more likely that I could hold on to something like that. Where I am still alive, I'm still here, which, you know, I could, like I said, I could meditate about Enel Milvado all day. As soon as someone comes past me and punches me in the nose, it's not, I'm going to take, you know, right, that's the famous story about, you know, that Samuel Sadek, you know the story? That the guy, he, he owed him, uh, right, so Ruvain lent uh, Shimon, you know, like uh, $10,000. So then he went, asked Shimon for the money, Shimon said, Enel Milvado. There's no money, there's no you, there's no me, there's no that. Uh, what do you mean? So he went to the rabbi, went to the Samasadic. So he said, take uh, Shimon's Eno Milvado goof, put it on a table, and take a leather strap, which is Eno Milvado, and hit Shimon with the Eno Milvado strap uh, about 25 times and see if it's still Eno Milvado. Right? Okay, so this is, this is the Samasadic speaking. This is not me speaking, right? You know what I mean? We have to be realistic because the objective here is that's the difference between chitzonius and panemius. But what really is chitzonius panemius? We're talking about when we talk about the lingo of chabad, chitzonius panemius. A chitzonius guy is like sitting there, you know, you know, you know, he's making like making faces, and you know, and you see him from like twenty miles away that he's like, oh yeah, that guy is like really far off in you know heaven and whatever. Uh, that that's considered like a very not positive thing in chabad. Very impositive. Other groups, you see, like they're like, you know, they carry on. Chabad, that's considered very, very bad manners. Why is it bad manners? Because we say the concept is uh, unblitos. 
Anyone know what the phrase on, oh, on means without? What's blitos? Anyone ever heard the phrase blitos? Blete. Means from, if you ever looked at uh, an esrog, when you're checking out an esrog, right? We just went through checking out the, there's like all these bumps on it and stuff like that. So those are called blitos, right? You're not supposed to stick out. Your, your relationship with God is not supposed to be on everyone else's, uh, you know, movie screen, right? In other words, do it quietly to yourself. No, not, don't, don't, no sticking out. No, nothing, right? Just to yourself. So, um, so, so in a certain way, um, even though Eino Mavado is the emis, but it would be a very chitzoniastic thing for a person to try to like sit there and reach that level. Right? You should think about it from time to time, for sure. But to really have an avoida in that level, it's, it's, it's fooling yourself. Because you're not disappearing tomorrow. To have a meditation on that's, that's the real deal. Because that's something that I can, that's much more tangible to me. That's something that's not so easy either. But it's something that I can appreciate. There's me, and Hashem is giving me my life, and Hashem is giving me my soul, and Hashem is, you know, and uh, uh, that's something. So that's, what, that's, going to be the, that's going to be the trade-off here that he's going to be talking about between quote-unquote chitzonius of meditation versus panemius of meditation. Okay, so let's read it inside. Okay, so he says like this, that there's a chiluch that's in the level of acharayim and chitzonius. Okay, so how, what is this about? What is this meditation? Where is this meditation? On the praises of and davening, yeah, it's davening. The praises of Pesukah de Zimra. That's the idea. Now, why would that be chitzonius? Why is Pesukah de Zimra chitzonius? Talking about the world. Talking about the world, exactly. Talking about the world. Talking about how the world exists. Now Hashem is creating all these different types of wildlife and all these different types of vegetation and how Hashem is, you know, standing over every single blade of grass and causing it to grow, right? That is an expansive thing when you think about that, Right? When, but you're focusing on what? You're focusing on the world to bring you to an appreciation of how great Hashem is. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah? So he says, Right? It's Davka, the meditation, in terms of the creation and bringing into existence of the world. Right? Now, Again, even though I'm saying that we're saying, calling this chitzonius, this is the meditation that we should be using. This is the meditation that a person could really connect to. That this is the meditation that could really move him. Right? How, with one word of speech, a person, that the Abishter created the world. See, this is a whole meditation that he just spelled out for us. This is what a person could think. Right? World... Now the world was created through speech. How with one world, the world uh, one word, the world was created. The zivahara levad. Well, what's the etzim nekuda here? Are you're not coming to join us? From all the way over there, I feel like you're so far away. Come join. You can sit by Teva's table. So the idea is, what is he saying here? That this whole creation, however, 
is only coming from a little ray of Hashem. It's not Hashem. It's a ray of Hashem. Right? That's what's going on. Right? Like we talk about the different levels of Malchus, right? Right, there's Malchus, your Malchus, it's the Malchus of all the worlds. And every time we say Malchus, we talk about Yeah, you tell me. What do you think? No, who's going to answer? Yeah, but what does it mean? It's a good question. Based on what we've just been saying. The same thing. The thing is what he creates after. after it's like the lower. It's like a lower level. It's like a lower level. It's a ziv. It's not the level of havaya per se. It's acharei havaya. It's after the acharaim, like we've been saying before. Acharei havaya lokechem telechu. That's where the word's coming from. It's like I'm going after what? After a ray. It's like uh, a good example of a ray would be if you can imagine there's a concert or a football game or something like that going on. And then you have like the, the people that didn't make it into the, into the game itself to watch the game in the, in the arena. So then there's like a video of it. So you can watch it live on the video. And then you have not just the video, but then you could have, uh, you know, later on they take a video of the people watching a video, right? So uh, is it eventually the game? Yeah, it's eventually the game. But like when you're watching it on your TV at home, you know, three nights later, you're watching the video of the people watching the video of the people watching the game inside the arena. It's a very different experience. It's not. So is it eventually? Yeah, yeah, eventually you'll see the game somewhere, you know, around the line. But it's like there's so many different layers to it. It's, it's, not, it's, not, the, it's not the real thing. Right, so that's the idea of acharei havaya. That's why he brings those words. Acharei havaya here is quoting back to the first pasuk that we brought in that paragraph. Acharei havaya, right? It's not the. It's the ziv. It's the malchus. Malchus is the ziv. Malchus is the. It's already the compression, right? Malchus is taking everything of the parts of, right, and squeezing it down to be able to bring it over to the next level. The next level means it's going down to a lower level. Right? You got the idea? In other words, imagine, uh, maybe not the right muscle, but a little bit, it gives you an idea of the muscle. Um, when, a, when a kid is, uh, you know, going through elementary school, so the elementary schools that are here, and what I went to, or whatever, let's just talk about the cheder, right, for example, is eighth grade. It goes to eighth grade. Okay? So now, person when they're finally getting up to the eighth grade level they're like really you know they're feeling like you know they're feeling like senioritis you know they're feeling great about themselves like they may you know they're like they're like the king of the hill they could they're the ones in charge of the recess they want a field they get the field you know they're like talking to all the little kids you know they're like yeah. but then what happens is they go and they have to they get to go to Masifta. So when they get to go to Masifta, now they, they leave Morristown and they go to wherever, Westchester or Chicago, God willing, they get into one of those schools, right? Or they go somewhere else, right? So now they're like the lowest man in the totem pole. It's like they're totally uh, overwhelmed, right? They go into a school. They're not even in their parents' house anymore. And they're living in a dorm with a bunch of kids. And the, the whole Seder is different. They go from 7.30 in the morning to like 9.30 at night. And it's like totally overwhelming for them. Right now, that takes place for whatever you know. They're there for maybe uh, you know a month, 
the month of El, and they come home then for Sukkot. So now they come back into the school to visit, right? And they want to explain a little bit to the next eighth grade class of what it is that they're experiencing, right? So they're trying to like put in words this whole experience. And we've, we've all experienced this before, whether it's going to elementary school, to high school, high school to college, whatever it is, going to yeshiva, whatever, whatever it happens to be. And this kid now wants to explain to the current eighth grade class what it's like to go to Masifta and how different it is. It's not just different in terms of like seventh grade to eighth grade. Seventh grade to eighth grade is also different. But it's like a very different, different, if that makes sense, a very different, different, right? From seventh grade to eighth grade, when you're in the same school and even now you're becoming a senior in the school, compared to going to eighth grade to ninth grade when you're going to a totally different place, a totally in Masifta. So he's trying to give it into, put it into words. Like, what is the experience like? What is it? Oh, yeah, it's great. You know, of course, that. that okay, now come sit down. Tell us what it's really like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can't put it into words. But he does try to put it into words. And he's, what, he's using words that are expressing what the experience is like for him. But the child in the eighth grade doesn't necessarily understand what it is that he's saying. You following what I mean? It's like, try to explain to someone... And you guys went to, uh, right, you went, a lot of you went on Mufsayim, right, uh, for Sukkot to uh, different colleges and stuff like that. Try to explain to a student that's there, right, especially for you, right, you went back to the University of Illinois, so you were a student there, right, what it's like going to Yeshiva. So you use this word, that word, you try to impress him, you try to this, but, you know, the words that you're using are not adequate to describe what the experience is like because it's not what, something that you could put into words. And the student that's hearing it has no idea what you're talking about. I mean, he, he gets the, those words, but, like, really he has no idea what you're talking about, right? That's the idea of Azif. That's Akhare, Havaya, right? It's like, it, it, it's, it's, it's telling you something. It's not like, you're, you know, they ask you, what is it like? You sit there. It's not that, right? You are saying things. You are saying words. You're speaking English to the person. But the English words that you're saying to this person is not even remotely describing what it's really like. If you do a good job, right, you use the right words and then someone will, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I want, I want to also try that out. It looks, sounds interesting. But, but it's, even, if he, even if he wants to try it out, it's not like he really understands what it is that you're talking about. He doesn't really understand what you're talking about. But it's something that maybe he could grasp onto. In other words, what Josh is using when he's saying those words to that guy, you know, in the in the in the lunchroom in, in University of Illinois, is like, he's trying to give him words that this person will be able to then put into his mind and like get to a certain extent in his own lingo what it is that Josh is experiencing. But neither you are saying the words, and neither he is understanding what it really is. But you are saying you're communicating in some way. That's Akharayim. Good? It says like this. So this is a, a um, idea of like set, sitting down, like lowering down. We'll settle down, right? Hashem is king over the world, right? Forever. So what is the idea of Yeshiva? Yeshiva doesn't mean yeshiva, it means sitting, right? It's also the concept of acharayim. You're lowering yourself down. You were standing up here. Now you're sitting down. Right? Josh was sitting in yeshiva. He was experiencing yeshiva. Now he's going to University of Illinois to go to explain to them what yeshiva is like. 
it's like you have to come down. You have to come down a level. You have to explain it to them in their terms, not in your terms, in their terms. That's coming down. Rabbi, yeah. is this because it's focusing on, you're not focusing on the Chabad of Hashem? You're focusing more on creation? We're not even focusing, not even the Chabad of Hashem. We're just focusing on the creation. We're not even focusing on Hashem. Right. Right? So when we're saying about Malchus, <coughs> we're talking about just the Achorayim, the Chitzonis Levad. Shurak bechina ziv ha'ara she'ina no geilat muso. What does it mean she'ina no geilat muso? What does that mean? She'ina no geilat muso. That's what we just told them. We're not looking at the Atmos of Hashem. It's more just about the physical ground here. Below. It's not even no it's not, it's not. It's not even in the same realm. You can't even. It's not. We're not even talking about the same subject, right? It's not. It's not in the same conversation, right? That's the idea here. Right, what does that mean? Hmm? Because it's focused on us declaring his greatness and his... What's, but what's, what's the key word here in the sentence? Gvura. Why Gvura? Lowering down. Lowering down. It's the limitation. The only way that Josh could explain what the yeshiva experience is like is if he has to like totally limit the way he's experiencing it and try to put himself into the head of this college student in order to think what is he going to gain from this or what is he going to what is he going to hear from this what is he going to uh, what is he able to connect to in this. Right? He has to put himself totally out of himself and then try to limit his whole approach to be able to explain in words that the college student is going to be able to understand what is a yeshiva experience. Very, very hard. Very hard to do. But it yeah? just, can you uh, translate the line, Where? Where? The last line we just read. Uh, no, oh, the kedei. In order, in order to have this type of level of malucha, in order for there to be this idea of this limitation, in order for there to be this idea of of the energy going down. I'll speak about his glory. And his gvura will speak about. It says, so Malucha here not translating his kingship. His kingship, it's the idea of Malchus. Malchus is right when when Josh is deciding to say over all the different experiences that he had, he has to be able to bring it out in a way that is going to be able to be heard by the people he's speaking to. Right? To show on how that you, right, are the known one, that you are the master of everything. The only way that you could express that idea of him being the master is through the level of Gibor. Only through gvura and limitations. 
like we said all the way in the back in the first mimer. That's the only way that he could be the adain of the Eilam. The only way that he could have a connection to the world would be through what? Through limitation. Nimtza de klaus bechinazu he bechinas ha'ara levad shebali deatzimsum. So it comes out from this whole story, right? That the only way, right, to have this level, right, is to limit, 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 limit until all you have left is a ha'ara. All you have left is a ray. And that ray then comes down to make the world, to create the world, to give life to the world, to etc., etc. Right? But it's not Hashem Himself. It's not that Yudke Vavke name like the, in all its glory. It's certainly not the Chabad or the or whatever. The Chagad. It's, it's a limitation. It's a ray. That's what, that's what it is what we're talking about. So now, when you look in the davening, the actual nusach you see that you have a lot of psukim that are expressing this idea. That you see that that's really the meditation. That's the focus of what we're talking about in terms of when we're learn, when we're davening psukim de zimra. It's this idea of acharei havaya. Come on, yahalua shame Hashem, shame. Right? Shame. It's only the shame. It's only the ray from Havaya. It's, who are we praising? His name. Again. So this is a little bit more confusing because here uh, he's talking about here he's talking about Birkas Kriyashma. So it's a little bit confusing because here we're talking about uh, and now we're mentioning a, a source in Birkas Kriyashvan. So, <coughs> it's something to think about. So he says like this, let's just finish up and then I'll give you guys a chance to learn. So this whole extended meditation that we're talking about here, is all about just a ray and how the ray is creating all of the worlds and all the creations within the worlds. That's what that's what the focal point is of this whole story, right? Okay, let's uh, let's stop here. So now he's going to get into the, the idea of the meditation. Okay, but we'll do that in Mitzvah Shem in tomorrow's class. I want to. Everybody spoke for a long time. Okay, so we'll start with that tomorrow. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of meditations, 